Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 10, Episode 3, titled Tap That App. My name is Joe Batance, and I am joined, as always, by one very ambitious co-host. From the Patreon side of RuPaul's Drag Race, please say... Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. To Evan <laughs> Ayers. Evan Ayers. Do you even know where that quote is from? I, um, I see you already starting me off with like a, with a, with a tough, with an, a, a setup. That's not that tough. It's something. probably one of the it, most it's, legendary it's quotes ma- in film it's history. Ma- it's Mommy Dearest, right? It is not Mommy Dearest. <laughs> Okay, first of all, let's introduce you and then we'll get back to everyone who's shaking their fist. <laughs> People are already the- like, no, give it to this kid. <laughs> yeah, oh, everyone man, is that's so mean. You did me so no, dirty. No, no, I, no, 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 no. Let's talk about this because there's, there's a reason we're bringing that quote. First of all, all those yeah. of, you, of you listening who are used to hearing Taylor the Latte Boy on in your ear holes right now, uh, so that we have a little bit of bad news, is that Taylor the Latte Boy is in the hospital. Now, look, it's not my story to tell why he's in the hospital. I can tell you that it looks like he's going to be okay. He looks, and it looks like, according to Taylor, he's going to be here next week. But he's currently in the hospital. So uh, feel free to send him your well wishes and on social media, at, on Twitter and on Instagram. He's at P-I-M-C Taylor. And you can send him your well wishes there. But right now he's on the mend. And for Taylor, who's listening, I'm sure... Uh, we all wish you the best, except for Evan. Yes. So that's where the quote well, comes and I, from. Yeah, and I like to go on. I like to go on record here that despite my lyric on our little rap game for Kitty Girl, uh-huh. I want to publicly claim that I did not poison Taylor. <laughs> I did not send a task rabbit to to mow him over with a vehicle. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I did nothing to send him to the hospital, and I wish him his best wishes. But since he's not here, let's go. You threw the beads on the runway or whatever? Yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah, I didn't cut up my beads and throw them on his feet. Yeah. No, so okay, so now so let me introduce you to people who aren't Patreon supporters. So oh, Evan no. is a co-host over on Patreon. So Taylor doesn't really do the Patreon side of things. My co-host on Patreon is Evan, who's right here, Evan Ayers. Who, Hi. if you listen to the rap, you know I describe as a twunk. Would you describe yourself as a twunk? A drunk twunk. Let's clarify that. Drunk twunk. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't mean twink. Facelet. I mean a twink drunk. <laughs> Did people think I meant twink hunk? Oh, no, no. I no, meant- no, I think, no, I, no, I think it was understood that it was twunk. It was like a, a, not, a, not a girl, not yet a woman, like a twink transitioning out, but it's like beyond. It's chunky twink. Oh, a chunk twink. Oh, yeah. You know what? I like, there's so many different unks you could be. But let yeah, me... T- you- <laughs> <Twunk>. <laughs> I was thinking drunk. You were thinking chunk. But I bet you there's some people who think hunk. And oh, no, 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 no. That's like a Brett Everett. <laughs> let's, 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 let's squash that rumor. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, but Evan is very handsome. As you, and you know what? Let's do a plug right now. You can find Evan on Instagram at... Uh, you can find me at Evan M. Ayers, E-V-A-N-M-A-Y-R-E-S. Super and on tw- And on Twitter at? Is uh, at Nobody Cares, N-O-B-O-D-Y-C-A-Y-R-E-S. Yeah, so you all you thirsty gays can go right now and check them out and make your own decisions. But one of the things that's <laughs> a, a, a constant theme over on the Patreon side of the, of the thing is that Evan is young. How old are you? I'm 26. Yeah, and he doesn't know any sort of gay history, <laughs> which people who are which is far not true. People who are far younger than you constantly write in or message me and say, "No, it's not young people. It's Evan." Right? So the No, re- completely. Okay, so there's a there's a lot of significance as to why I played that quote. I'm going to play it again, okay? 
Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Okay, so here's the deal. Today happens to be Betty Davis's birthday. And she, she thinks she would have been 110 today, okay? And that is Betty Davis in the quote, okay? So one, apropos because it's her birthday. Two is it's from a film, a legendary gay film. I would say it's in the top five of mandatory gay films to see called All About Eve, okay? All About Eve is Betty Davis plays an aging, middle-aged Broadway actress. Mm-hmm. And one of her fans then becomes uh, you know, her assistant, then becomes her understudy. But the whole time, this fan has been secretly plotting to like overthrow and take over Betty Davis's role uh, um, in, the, in the play. Mm, I see what you're doing here. You think you're, cl- you think you're clever, don't you? Yeah. So the name of this episode should be All About Evan. Yeah, all about Evan and how you came. So, like, there's so anyway, that line, fasten your seatbelts, it's going to be a bumpy night, is from that movie, All About Eve. It's Betty Davis's birthday. You tried to kill Taylor and take over his role. It all comes together. There's there's depth and layers to this show, Evan. Honestly, they think that we weren't. They think there isn't a storyline, but we've been working on this for. Oh, been girl, we cooking, yeah, we've is... been cooking this roast for a long time. It's been on slow bake at three fifty for a couple of months now. Let's go. Okay, so so knowing that, so what? So Evan, what, how, what should people know about you? The people who are new to you, what should they know about you? Um. So. Aside from me being an ignorant swine, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I am 26. I live in D.C. Um, Joe and I are friends through a mutual friend, and mm-hmm. I am a huge, huge RuPaul's Drag Race fan. And so, yes. I that love, is true. Actually, love, I am the I am a huge Drag Race fan with an embarrassing what I lack in gay knowledge of a lot of things I compensate for in almost an unhealthy bank of references and memory to RuPaul's Drag Race that I'm proud of, but usually only proud of when I'm doing this podcast. (laughs) Okay, so you know what? I want to try something then, okay? Okay. Here's what I want to do is I want to, um, you know what, at the risk of ruining my internet, I want to show everybody why you're on this show, why you're good, Okay. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to actually open up Spotify. We had Everyone should know I usually have Spotify open when we do the show, but I didn't because of internet problems. But I'm gonna, let's try it. Let's try it, okay? okay. And if, if worse comes to worse, then we just soldier forward, okay? But let's see what happens. Because I want everyone to hear in, out there in, in podcast land, because like, you're like, God, this Evan guy is so annoying. <laughs> like, and, and like, and, and just... Bothersome. Mom is, that, mom, is that you? And he doesn't know any. Oh, we're going to get to those mommy issues today, aren't we? <laughs> there was so much going on in this episode with um, oh, the mirror. I almost wanted to pull the whole elimination day and go. I'm like, no, that'll take. Like, I could literally. And that's, you know, the whole elimination day act on the show just might be our Rulaska Thoughts segment. Like, I think I could analyze that. that. That alone could be something. And then Untucked could be its own mini series. Yeah. Oh really? Was Untucked good? Oh girl, yeah, it's good. Okay, I mean, it's it's, it's it, it goes there. Okay, so what's so funny, guys, is we've inadvertently done a plug for Patreon because we cover because I can't watch Untucked because I'm frantically putting the show together while Untucked is going on. Evan watched it, 
So we cover Untucked on a Patreon show called The Rumor Mill, which you can you can subscribe to at the $1 level on Patreon. And for the Rulaska thoughts, where I'm going to just break down the Elimination Day segment, that whole act is going to be analyzing Rulaska thoughts. And to do that, you have to be at the $2 level on Patreon, and you'll get that Rulaska thought. But for right now, let's actually show off what Evan is good at here. And so, Evan, here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to pick a random season. Okay, and you're gonna tell me when you when you know it. Just say stop. Okay, I'm gonna play that okay. on a, kind of a lower volume here. When you know it, say stop, and you tell us the episode, who, what the song is, and who, uh, who was going head to head and who went home. Okay, so I I'm not I, I I think we've talked about this. Like I'm I don't I may not I don't always know the song. Okay, but I know I can I can tell you the season. I'll tell you the queens. I'll tell you who goes home. And if I know anything else, then I'll throw it in there. Okay, but I don't. Here we I, go. I can't guarantee that I'm going to know the actual song. Here we go. You just say stop when you know it. Uh, stop. This is the princess versus um um Lashawn Beyond in season four, right? Sad bad girls. Yes, and who goes home? LaShawn Beyond in that bubble dress. Oh, girl, you see, guys, this is why we have him on Patreon. We didn't even get to the good part of the song. Okay, here we go. Let's try it again. Oh, stop. Um... The, I think we're alone. This is season seven. This is the one where they're conjoined twins. It's Sasha Bell with boobs with Ginger Minj versus um, Jaden Yorfierce and Tempest DuJour and Tempest DuJour slash Jaden are sent home. Oh, wow. Okay. And then finally, we'll do one more. Uh, let's see here. Okay. Here we go. One more. Are you ready? Okay. Oh, this stop. This is um, this is nasty girls. This is All Stars season one. This is when um, Jujube. No, I'm sorry, not Jujube. This is when um, Manila is on lip syncs against Latrilla and sends Latrilla home. Wow, and Latrilla was of course Manila Luzon and Latrice Royale. Yeah, so it was Manila, but she was not who I was thinking of. Yep. Oh wow, you see, guys, this is why we keep Evan around. I have this weird bank. It's weird, and it's uh, sometimes like it's just, it has to just be certain bits of the song. But I. But then, I just how do you not it. know? Like, how have you not seen all about Eve? No, no. I so truly, I have seen all about Eve, and so shockingly, I do. Like, what, I have you've a seen all about Eve. Studies. I no, I have seen it. I truly, I actually have. I've written a paper about it. Like, I've what? seen it. I've wait, watched it several wait, times. Wait, 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 wait! I have. Me. You've written I am a having, paper. Oh, now you're upset. And that's one of the most. Yes, I have a dig- okay. my dig- Go ahead. My I have a degree in pop, visual and popular culture from UVA, okay. and I studied movies like that. And I just, and I I just for some reason my maybe it's the heavy drinking I don't know, but my brain right now is just sucked in on certain things. I know I know that like I I just I, they all kind of get mixed up with me sometimes. So you think this? Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a. And I know it's nuts. Betty Davis, but I don't. But remember that's them, a, but like, Betty Davis is even in Mommy Dearest. I know, but that's the thing is that sometimes it just all kind of. I know it's almost, it's like when you go to school for something and you like studied enough, it almost like it becomes less fun. I just I've like I've just blocked all that into like one big like chunk of of time. There I know they're important and I I should be better at knowing the the references, but here we are. 
We're not talking about Betty Davis, are we? Kind of are, though. This week, the girls perform in an absurd screen test, break up into teams and create commercials for fictitious dating apps, and walk the runway in their best feather couture. Blair Sinclair loves her mother and God, Dusty Ray Bottoms shares some painful memories, and the Vixen and Aquaria go head-to-head in a mere moment battle for their lives. On the main stage, Asia O'Hara was named the winner of the challenge, while Mayhem Miller and Yuha Hamasaki were forced to battle each other in a lip-sync battle for their lives. In the end, Mayhem Miller was told, Shantae, you stay, while Yuha Hamasaki was asked... To sashay away. Evan, name two things you liked about the episode and one thing you did not. Uh, two things I liked. First thing I liked, I loved this runway. I, so we'll, I mean, we'll talk about the looks a little later, but I thought just something like the queens that turned it out for this runway were so good. Mm-hmm. Loved the runway. I loved the presentation for some of these. And I kind of, like, my other thing that I kind of, this is kind of weird, but I kind of liked that Rue had, like, the bird flu. <laughs> Get a bird flu because the feathers. <laughs> Um, so it was just like, it was like, it's, here we, this is what you signed up for. Um, she's, uh, I, I, for some reason, like, just like her demeanor was almost like very subdued and it was, I don't, I didn't like that she was like that. It just, it was just interesting and it was very intriguing to me. So I enjoyed that. Um, and not that I wish her to be ill, by the way, I'm not wishing illness on anyone. Yeah. That's not a good start here. Anyway, second, one thing I did not care for though, I just, I didn't care for Yuha's, um, overthinking and not really being receptive to being a good teammate and um it really showed in the challenge and it just that kind of stinks because i think she's interesting but i did not care for her edit in the way that she was presented this episode okay um i'll tell you the two things i liked i loved 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 aquaria in that hat when they came in the workroom the next day after the elimination and she's wearing like one of those old-timey hats Oh, oh, Aquaria? Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, girl. I had I the biggest fucking crush on her in that hat. I was like, oh, I was like literally melting in my chair, mostly because I'm fat and it's a hot day here in California. But, <laughs> but, but I was like, oh, my God, I'm in love with her. And it's going to be so hard because I was talking to the, on the phone today to uh, Sirius XM radio host Larry Flick. And he told me that Aquaria is going to be on the show tomorrow. So mm, I know. Shut up. I know. But you know what? I don't know if I'm going to stay because every time I do, and I know Larry listens in the morning, but every time I stay, Larry's like, stick around. Stick around for the interview. And I do. And then Larry goes to a really dark place with them. And he'll be like, Aquaria. Um, and I don't know how he does it either, Gavin. He'll just be, all he'll say is, so Aquaria, where'd you grow up? And then, you know, five minutes later, Aquarius talking about how like a priest molested her. By the way, that, that didn't happen, everyone. I'm just saying that that's where it would go, you know? And then it's you like... Heard it, you heard it here first, folks. Yeah, so then I can't go like... She's like, and then I said, don't tell anybody. And then I'm like, excuse me, Aquaria. Um, when you were having your argument with the vixen, you walked off the set. Where did you go? Like, you know, like... I can't, yeah. I can't do yeah. that. Tell me about that hat. Where'd you get your hat? Where'd you get your turtleneck from? It's really cute. Yeah. So, like, I can't do that while she's, like, trying to chime in. You know, talking about, like, so Larry doesn't, and I, so then I just, it's literally like I'm just listening to Sirius XM. I just stay on the, I just sit on the phone, you know? So yeah. I don't know if I will, but, oh, mm. I just have the biggest, and you know what? I started the season hating her because, as you guys should know, Evan and I, one of the shows we co-host is called The Rumor Mill. So we have all the rumor and tea. And, and Evan, 
word of warning, we can't talk about rumors and spoilers on here. And I know there's a lot to talk oh, I about. I might call me Al. We're, our names are Al and AJ because our lips are what? Sealed. Let's go. <laughs> right. Do you get that reference? Yeah. Aren't they like Disney Channel stars? Yeah, they're just like, they just like did a washed up cover of that song. And it's funny. Uh, the other thing I liked was, like I said earlier in the show, I loved the whole Elimination Day segment. From Blair's uh, re- relationship with her mom to Dusty's um, whole like religious story. And then also just the whole Vixen Aquaria fight, which we'll, I mean, we're going we're gonna to discuss all that in detail. So there's no reason to talk about it here. Okay. But I love that whole segment. And here's what I didn't like. I didn't like RuPaul's ADR in the um, whoever the ed, whoever handled the ADR for uh, RuPaul. Uh, do you know what ADR is, Evan? I don't. And I'm. Can you clarify? Yeah. Well, well, you were weren't you uh, uh, like a film major? What were you again? It was stop. That's not what I. I'm not a film major. I studied pop culture. Okay, ADR stands for automated dialogue replacement. Okay, and that's when they re-record an actor's voice, maybe because the microphone didn't work that well or anything like that. And so they clearly did ADR, okay, because there was something wrong with his audio. Maybe because he was too sick. Maybe his microphone was rubbing up against the suit. I think it's because he was too sick. Okay, and so he his voice on sounded the, in the mini in the challenge? mini challenge. I think when they went back to the city, they were like, okay. "Rue, you, your voice sounds terrible." So he had to go in and do called ADR, and it stands for automated dialogue replacement. And they use it in film all the time in TV, and they use it on this show all the time. Okay. Oh, if you listen to this show, if you ever listen to the show with headphones, like it is so apparent. Yeah. It's used so much. Yeah. So, uh, so that's what I didn't like. I didn't like the ADR. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, let's move on. After Calorie's elimination, the girls walk back into the workroom to get out of their drag. Vixen brags about her win while a skeptical Aquaria gives Vixen some serious side eye because Vixen's wig wasn't even her own wig. Meanwhile, Monique Hart is frustrated by her lack of progress in the competition, despite what she thinks are some pretty fierce looks. The next day, RuPaul enters the workroom to announce this week's mini challenge. Now, for those of you that didn't hear what's the obvious ADR... Listen, you're going you're gonna to hear it quite a bit here. Here we go. Ladies, for today's mini challenge, I'm holding screen tests for my provocative new RuPaul's Chocolate Bar campaign. <laughs> Let me set the scene. You've just arrived in Hollywood, eager for your first big break. And I want you to do whatever it takes to stand out from the crowd and make me laugh. Now you've got 20 minutes to get into quick, fresh-off-the-bus drag. (laughs) After the challenge, RuPaul announced Blair, Monet, and Monique as the three winners of the mini-challenge. Here are their performances. Now, are you a dancer? I dance for money back home. Can you show me a dance move? Um, yeah, sure, sure, um... (laughs) Faster. So fast. <laughs> so fast. Where are you from, Monet? I'm an Irish girl. Oh, what part of Ireland? Northern Ireland. <laughs> Can you dance an Irish jig? Oh, I'll show you. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Irish jig, girl. You gotta jig it. <laughs> Sing something Irish to the chocolate. Yes, <laughs> 
Can you do an accent? Top of the morning to you. Do you want something delicious? That was succulent, decadent, hot and vivacious. <laughs> well, you should totally have RuPaul's chocolate bar. That's the worst Jamaican accent I've ever heard. <laughs> Tell the chocolate bar what you think of it. Oh, you decadent chocolate bar, you. <laughs> succulent. <laughs> All right, Evan Ayers, your thoughts on the mini challenge. Um, so... Yeah, I didn't know what I was going to think of this mini challenge when I when they were, he was explaining it. And then Miss Cracker walks out and Rue literally asks him to just be a chocolate bar. And you can see that he's just like, what the hell? Um, but I thought it was very funny. I, I It makes literally no sense. There is basically no connection, I thought, to like what the main challenge. Sometimes they are, they're pretty good about making a, a, a genuine like joint story between the mini challenge and the main challenge. Um, I thought Blair was really funny. Blair was very and funny. Blair was so funny. And like you could just tell like that was like totally her gig. Like that look was just like perfect for her. Um and yeah, I mean apparently I, I've I've been reading that apparently it was so much funnier in person. Like they're like all a few of the girls have like tweeted that like that was this was like the funniest thing they did in the entire season. Oh really? And that, that just like didn't it didn't like translate very well. But uh yeah, it was fine. Yeah, I really like crackers and Eurekas actually. Like Eureka having to pretend to be a wall. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. just like makes literally like mime a wall. What does it have to do with yeah. chocolate bar standing up? And then she's also she's really milk on this bar of hers. Oh god! And you know the bar is like super expensive, right? It's like, it was like six bucks, right? It's like five or six bucks for that one chocolate bar. And you could you know there, there's a pop up store in Hollywood where you can go in and and buy it. Uh, this chocolate bar, yeah, she's RuPaul for the char- for what you charge for your chocolate bar. You must be nuts, girl. Get it? There's nuts in her bar. <laughs> Next, RuPaul announced <laughs> this week's Maxi Challenge. So for this week's Maxi Challenge, I want you to use your charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and technology to help me market new, emerging, breakthrough dating apps. Designed to connect with lonely, underserved consumers. Now, the first app is called End of Days. It's for doomsday preppers who want to spend the rest of their lives with someone special, even if that's just two weeks. (laughs) Second is Fibster. It's for pathological liars who are looking for a real connection. Or are they? (laughs) And last and maybe least is Madam Butterface. (laughs) It's for she who's got a banging body, Butterface. All right. uh, Next, the three winners of the mini challenge decided their teams. First, there was Team End of Days, which consisted of the team captain Blair St. Clair, with her team members Ms. Cracker, Eureka, and the Vixen. Then there was Team Fibster, with team captain Monique Hart, Dusty Ray Bottoms, Cameron Michaels, and Mayhem Miller. And finally, there was Team Madam Butterface, with the team captain being Monet Exchange, with her team members being Asia O'Hara, Aquaria, and Yuha Hamasaki. All right, moving on. You know, before we do that, actually, I, I don't have a discussion point here in the script, but I do want to stop here. Okay. Let's. I want to talk about each of these apps, all right, really quickly. Sure. The end of days one would never be a real app. Okay, so let's stop there, all right? But 
going to like it would be a website yeah but like but for for fibster right that people who lie to other people on the internet have you ever been catfished on one of these dating apps on these one of these apps um i wouldn't say i don't know if catfish is like is the right term for it but maybe like catfish casserole what does that mean like they they weren't lying like i like what's like when i first moved to dc I like was like super young, like naive, and I was like, "Oh yeah, like I'll whoever's this person seems nice. Like let's meet for a drink," and like they just—I mean, you could tell the picture was taken like six years ago, and they just like didn't look the same. But it was—it's never so been. So was like, the same person, but they were a little older. It was the same person, but they just like had clearly been going through something in the last, or they clearly like took that picture like on a family vacation like a long time ago. Oh, okay. It, just, it was like it just it was it was just it was a little like it was a little bit of yellow journalism if you know what I'm talking about. But uh, yeah, no, I've never been I've never like really been that big into like the the online. Well, I know what yellow journalism is, but how does that relate to this? I was trying to make like a a, a bad joke, but it didn't work. Isn't that like isn't that just isn't that just like the old term for fake news? No. It was like, I know, not really. Exaggerated. Did I just misuse yellow journalism? Yes. Okay, next. Actually, <clears throat> actually, hmm? and no, I've never been catfished. I've never been, have you been catfished? Have you catfished someone? <laughs> wait, hold on for a second. Wait, wait. First of all, you went from have you ever been catfished to have you catfished someone? Like immediately going like, well, well, who would, who would catfish Joe? That's <laughs> not about. Like you're like oh he would well Joe would clearly be the catfish, you know? <laughs> know he would he why would he anyone why would would and that's the thing that made me feel so badly about this thing they were like oh we should lie about themselves and the person's like fat and and old and short and I was like oh god they're describing me and they're like curly hair but they didn't do that though but then on the on the they didn't do that on the though, te- I felt on like. the team Madam Butterface I was like uh, well no I'm not I'm not I'm butter I'm gonna butter everything. I'm but her face, but her body, but her age, but her do whatever, you know, like it's butter. It's just butter. You know? And I can't I can't believe it is. <laughs> so sorry. I'll stop. Everyone should know. Um, you're not butter. Everyone should know you're that one time. What, what was the joke I made, Evan? And and then you went right? <laughs> oh, <laughs> so we were talking. Um, there was a discussion one day about the potential to like take, like to do the rumor mill or to do a Patreon thing that that goes to YouTube. Oh, that's and, right. Yeah. Which were, and it, the discussion came like it was like you know like what well, maybe like you know when we're both camera ready. And I was like I was saying like you know I would just love like a month or two of just like you know maybe only drink like three nights a week instead of seven or you know go to the gym every once in a while to like get ready. And Joe, very, we were having a very casual conversation. I was driving home, and you were like, "Yeah," and I just, I, I wouldn't be ready either. And I just said, "No, yeah. no, 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 no." <laughs> I said something horrible about myself. I, I went like, "Ugh, it would take me like ten years or something like that." Something like that. He went right, and I was like, <laughs> "That's not ew, ew." Um. Oh, that's. I'll never live that one. Down today I was. T- we have a mutual friend, right? And oh, I, do we? I know. Seriously, <laughs> we we had a mutual friend. Evan has a friend that I used to be friends with, and he and I were talking today. And um, and you know, Evan and Taylor are coming out to Los Angeles, but Evan's going to come out a little early, okay? And Evan and I are going to hang out. And so um, we were talking about what we might do, and I'm all like, you know, I'm going to go to West Hollywood with this queen, and 
he, you know, he's going to meet up with, he's going to meet like cool young people. And they're going to be like, why are you staying with this old fat guy? And I just did impressions of them meeting me. Like, you're like, like, imagine like you're at a bar and you suck up a conversation with some young thing. Right. And he's like, oh, what are you doing here? And you're like, I'm visiting LA. I'm visiting a friend. And you know, he's thinking like, oh, I'm going to have a threesome with these two hot gay boys. And he goes, oh, 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 there's my friend now. Hi, everybody. (laughs) It's my friend Joe. (laughs) Hey, guys, it's that guy Joe. It's that guy Joe. Hey, it's you know from Burgers Weekend. Hey, fellow young people. (laughs) Yeah, catching up. Come on, come catch up. (laughs) Like, um, who's your friend? (laughs) And they're like, do you need a ride home? Yeah. (laughs) I'm just like, that's not. (laughs) You know, that's what's going to happen. Uh, I don't know if I'd go out in WeHo. Oh, I mean, fucking bullshit. I don't know if you're going to leave gonna, the border of gonna, West Hollywood. No, I'm I'm like a WeHo like four. I don't know if I've, I'm ready for that. We're going to go to Hamburger Mary's, right? Well, I was thinking since you're going to come early, we should go to the Monday Mickey's show. Okay, that actually, I would very much enjoy that. That's something that I would I'd love to actually go out of my YouTube screen and my computer and actually go to Mickey's for once. That I think that'd be fun for us. Okay. All right, let's let's go let's go back to the show. Meanwhile, so uh, Yeah, what, were, what 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 show is this? RuPaul's Drag Race recap. On Team Madam Butterface, Yuha was frustrating Team Captain Monet Exchange. Introduce your app. What is it called? What should we call it? It is Butterface. Okay. Let's make up a name. We don't have to come up with another name for it. No, okay. that's the name of it. Madam, Madam Butterface. Yeah, Madam Butterface. So we have to think about introing the app. Do you do you look for a healthy girl? We have to set it up like, have you are you tired of those? Are you tied up on healthy girls? I get stuck with you, huh? I didn't choose her, I get stuck with her. When I say like, are you tired of those girls you take to the movies? They have those beautiful faces, but then their body feels like a like a lumpy mace. Are you gonna like, No, that's too 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 um, rhyming? No, not even that that the term she's looking for is on the nose, by the way. It's so, so, so typical. Make it funny. Right, well, well I'm, I'm like brainstorming ideas, girl. Later in the workroom, Yuha continued to frustrate her teammates when she wanted to look just like the other girls. Where'd you get those noses, um, Asia? Right there on the table. I want one, too. I don't know if there's any more. The other two have noses. And then you can have a prosthetic nose, too. The app isn't date the nose girl. Black out your teeth and draw moles and just put hair on it, like big hairs. Just like gross. Like, what's. Think of the love of f- Stop screaming at me. Oh, no, 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 I'm not screaming. I'm not screaming at you. I'm just telling you. We're just encouraging quickly because there's a time limit. Yes, I heard it. Like, no notice. I heard it. I heard it. I heard it. I heard it. One time is enough. It's, How could it's enough be? than 10. I don't need 10 voices about it. Oh, no, she better don't. Oh, no, like, she better don't. <laughs> Finally, Yuhua angered her teammates when she made herself look pretty when the point was that they all needed to have ugly faces. Yuhua, I know you don't want me telling you what to do, but look really ugly. Wait, so so are you the pretty one? I'm the ugly one. Not with them brown. I will look ugly in a second. Team Captain. She'll get to it. I'll call foul. (laughs) Yuhua, if you don't look ugly, I'm going to punch you in your nose. I'm going to look ugly. Don't worry. We need you to serve Monet after she's twirled like three numbers. Four high kicks and one platypus death drop. <laughs> Later during filming, Asia stole the show, but Yuha failed to impress Michelle and Carson. Evan airs your thoughts on everything team Madam Butterface, including even the finished product. 
that we saw later. Oh, God, this is tough. Um, it's frustrating, like, when you... It was frustrating watching this mm-hmm. because it was so obvious that that Yuha was just done. Mm-hmm. Like, the, like I think the second that they... I was in the beginning when they showed, like, her getting picked last and, and Monet being like, oh, I didn't pick her. I got stuck with her. I was like, that's kind of shady. Like, you guys are, you know, New York's, like, sisters. You're like, why is she saying this? And then the second that this, you know, they started showing them doing their face... Like it, it was so obvious to me that she was going home. Um, yeah, it just kind of it's very frustrating. I don't. It's you wonder if someone just is, is she so focused that she didn't realize how like out of sync she was with the rest of them. Like it didn't even look like she was doing the same skit. Like the that like her segment. I don't. I don't even know how they cleared that. It looks like she was doing that challenge that they did in season three with the the you know, the workout challenge. Uh-huh. Like it just didn't even look like the same thing. Yeah, I I don't get the sense that Yuha ever understood what that challenge was. Yeah, there was something that wasn't connecting there. Yeah, like she, I don't think she ever got it, and I don't think I didn't get the sense she ever got what that challenge was supposed to be. And uh, because yeah. she didn't understand, she was, remember she was trying to change the name of it. She thought, um, no, I'm not lying that Monet exchanges. Now here's the problem here when you get with Drag Race and these kinds of challenges is Yuha is trying to tell them like, well, your jokes are kind of on the nose. But the tricky thing is, is on this show. Really obvious, on-the-nose, corny dad jokes work really well because RuPaul loves those kinds of jokes. Right. Yeah, that's a note that I had. Like, he loves just, like, stinky, like, silly, like, dumb, obvious jokes. I'm sorry to cut you off. No, 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 no. So, the point is that, yeah, RuPaul, like, so when Monet was making those joke suggestions, if, if even if I were there, that would be something where I have to check myself because I'd be like, ugh, that's not funny. But RuPaul likes that kind of shit. So, yeah. if you want to make RuPaul laugh, you got to go yeah. for the dumb, obvious joke. You know? Yeah. And the dumb, the dumber, the obvious, the, the obviouser, the more obvious, the better. Just because, like, I mean, you can't, you can't ever assume something is going to translate on, on screen like this, let alone what's going to be picked and shown. Um, and that's what I thought that Asia did so well. Like, she had, I mean, Asia was the epitome of just, like, having the least material and still just like completely so i think that's just kind of where you get into the territory of like who is really good at drag race versus who's just a good drag queen mm-hmm. like i just don't think yuha got what she was doing and it just never connected so that was frustrating yeah and i, I don't think she ever because like i was making that point but on the flip side i don't even think she got what the challenge was yeah and asia all asia had to do is that's a case in point all Asia had to do was make that stupid face, which was funny, by the way, genuinely funny. <laughs> and she yeah. w- she won the whole thing, you know, based on that stupid face. Yeah, that's a, that's yeah for that that little amount of time. I mean, I think I thought Monet had a good point, whereas you know it's not just about your nose and like you need it needs to be ugly. But eh, I just I think she got too caught up in. I'm sure in that moment she was it's obviously very stressful, and it just seems like people are yelling at you, and she probably just. Just probably just wasn't it wasn't a good day for her. So that stinks. Yeah, but it was it was it was the the final product was funny. I guess are we talking about the final product yet? Or yeah, just yeah, like no, you can talk. You can, you can talk all. You can talk everything. Team Butterface right now. Go ahead about, about the <laughs> yeah, final product. Um, at the 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 actual like the idea of the app is kind of funny. It would never fly, but I thought it was like a clever concept. I don't know. If I'll be honest it, with you. I think most of Grinder is already Team Butterface. I just mean because how many torsos do you see on that Grinder with no face, and then you get, and then you go, well, let me see your face, and it's just like, ah, oh, now I know why it's all Whoa. torso. 
I know you're in a super committed relationship right now with your boyfriend Dan, but before that, when you when you would go on these apps, what would usually attract you on those kinds of apps? Um, it was tip. Uh, well, it depends. It depends on the night, honestly. Um, was it ever a poorly usually, Mexican short guy in his early forties? Um, not that I know of. <laughs> oh, no, that was never. I, mean, I just that I, was never your type. Not, that was it, when it, you were like. I can't say. I, mean, I can't say it wasn't. <laughs> Okay, go ahead. <laughs> that was never your time. You know, again, I was talking to a mutual if, friend today, if, and he goes, what are you going to do with Evan? And I go, you know, maybe the first night we'll go out in West Hollywood. So I go, I'll pick him up at the airport. We'll fuck. Then we'll go out and hang out, and then we'll uh, fuck again. And we. And by the way, once again, just like you with the, were you ever a catfish? You know, did you ever catfish anybody? This... Sweet Michael laughed so hard. There was never any like a that, like it was so out of the realm of possibility that he laughed so hard at that joke. What would that 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 would happen? Yeah, like he laughed so hard oh. at that. And I was like, look, like, look, stink. it's a funny joke. He's, he's, he, it's a funny joke, but it's funny, but you can't laugh at it like it's like you like, can't laugh at the joke for being a joke. Well, like you know, like that, like so hard. So hard. Like, okay. Now, look. Now, now, by the way, I, I don't really have any intention of having sex with Evan when he's here. But it's just like he laughed too hard at that joke. All right. Over on Team Fibster, Monique was worried about her team because Mayhem Miller didn't seem to have her heart in it. Later, when Cameron Michaels volunteered to play a narrator, Mayhem still couldn't find the energy to make her voice heard. Since I wrote out the opening lines, do you want me to narrate? Since I know them really well? Since I wrote them? I mean, it, what's that kind of makes sense. I, mean, I don't want to step on any toes. If you want to do it, no. I'll let you do it. But just since I wrote them out, I can. I feel like I can spit them really easy. What do you feel? I was just going to play that role because I felt like I needed to do some kind of like more acting into it. Basically, I don't really have lines. Were you really like wanting to be that narrator? During the taping in front of Michelle and Carson, Monique Hart played not only team captain, but director as well. I'm looking for a beautiful, strong... Let's do that part again. Okay. Action. I'm looking for a beautiful, strong man with big arms and great legs that loves house visitors and house guests. A man that loves the simple things. Great. Cut. I'd rather be a director than an actress. (laughs) Monique's directing continued later when Michelle and Carson were giving Mayhem Hiller Mayhem Miller. <laughs> Mayhem Hiller, I hardly know her. <laughs> when they were giving Mayhem Miller some notes. What comes after this? Then he's supposed to be into it. He's supposed to go along with it. It's what we talked about, remember? So just Bryce, she does her deep voice. You still kind of give that puzzled look. Then you're going to go ahead and be like, sure, let's go on and get out of here. All right, Evan Ayers, your thoughts on everything Team Fibster, including the final product? Oh, um, so I know that my first thought, and I wrote, I like was thinking of this alone in my apartment watching this. I, Monique Hart said she was going to give us the ooh ha ha sensation when she came in. She was just giving us like the dance mom sensation. Mm-hmm. Like I was kind of obsessed with how overbearing she was. Like I don't know if she knew that like that just how to be like how to be so extra that like to say action or like cut on your own set like i don't know if he's even done this before but i thought it was so funny and so obnoxious um but i think it definitely hindered their team a bit and 
Um, my other thought was, I don't know where Cameron Michaels, I mean, she's from Nashville, I guess, but like, was she, did she sound like she was speaking? It was like a night for like weird accents, I thought. Like she sounded very twangy. Did you not, did you pick up on that there too? There was something going on with her voice. I couldn't tell you what was going on with her voice, but there was yeah. something definitely going on with her voice. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things. And then, um, yeah, I, I think it was I, I, I'm, we'll talk about mayhem later on, but I, she really, that just was a mess for me. Um, and I think this in theory could have been very funny, but it was definitely the, definitely the Monique Hart, uh, show. And I'm sure she was not happy to not be in the top after how much she commandeered the whole creative process of this. I'm very curious as to why, like, we're not seeing, like, Cameron Michaels is nearly invisible in this show. It's really shocking because she really has, I mean, she may as well be on the pit crew. She made the joke in the beginning, but she, and it's interesting because I actually, I think that she's, and from what I'm gathering, she's just a very nice person and she's like probably not dramatic or, I mean. I think she gives terrible confessionals. I'm sure, I was going to say, she probably gives like me first episode of like All Stars 1, like probably doesn't have a lot to say. First episode, this episode. You know. What? Um... No, yeah, I don't know. She's she's invisible right now, and it's she's it, it's kind of sad. But again, she was not invisible on the runway, which we'll talk about later as well. But yeah, it was definitely. I'm I'm actually surprised by how much I'm enjoying Monique Hart as well. Mm-hmm. Like she, her, someone seeing someone who doesn't give good confessionals. Monique is friggin' hilarious when she was talking about like serving the vixen, blah blah, blah mm-hmm. like Merry Christmas package, whatever. Like she. Whenever she comes on and like in a bar when we watch a show, people just go nuts. She's so funny, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, going back Sorry. to Team Fibster is, uh, I was thinking, so we talked about Cameron Michaels. He's just been not a presence at all in this show. And this, this is the most we've seen of Cameron and, and it wasn't much at all. But also, even Mayhem Miller during even the mini challenge, I think there's something going on. Because during the mini challenge, she didn't seem that into it. She's seemed sort of out of it. She didn't seem, yeah. She seemed out of it. And then she, I mean, I was honestly like watching the actual final product. She was not present at all until the very end. Like, yeah. And then was, that joke didn't she, make any it, sense. It, and it, it took me until after, like, it took me literally until the judge's critique where it, they were trying to explain that I'm, un, I, I, maybe I'm wrong, but it, the joke was that like Cameron was playing her and the, like they, Cameron and her were playing oh, the same wait, person. What? That's what I maybe thought it was. Like I, I think the joke they were trying to make oh, was that Cameron was the girl on the computer. Like I, that's who she was online. Girl, wig. And then they get, and then they get to the dinner, and like she has. The, that's why she was wearing the blonde hair. It was kind of like being, you know what I mean. Oh, and she was like this proper woman. My God, like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. When you were first explaining it, I was like, oh, this dummy didn't get it. And then you said that, and it was literally wig. Like I was literally like. I know. I feel that. I, you just blew my mind. I never got that was the joke. Oh, I mean, my God. and that's a testament to how poorly done it was. But like, yeah, that's that. And that's what I, that's what I thought they were trying to do. Also, because the way they made it seem on the show, it seemed like uh, Mayhem said, no, I want to be the narrator. And they sort of left it at that. And then Cameron was the narrator. So we missed that whole conversation a moment where it went back to Cameron being the narrator. Yeah, and which Monique it was but, a little, a little disjointed. Mayhem should have been the narrator. Yeah, she should. Have. She should have been Black China, um, and I don't know what happened there, but 
Yeah, I mean, ugh. it was very meh. Very meh for me. Right. It was not not the greatest. Mehem Miller? Oh, meh, mehem Miller? Yeah. yeah, that's probably about right. Which is interesting because I would like to... She was so strong on that first episode... Um, and maybe there's just a little rut that she's going through, but well, I'm, look, I'm we'll com- f- we'll come back to it. We'll come back to Mayhem Miller on Team End of Days. Eureka frustrated the vixen with her constant need to bring the attention back to herself. Yeah, one thing that I can always use is my size to be comedic. I mean, I know that's like stereotypical funny, but it's the end of the world, and I could just be excessively eating because I'm afraid the world's going to end. Mm-hmm. So that way, just in case all the food goes bad, I won't starve. At the end, like, we can all just be like, find each other before the motherfucking ends. And, like, have, like, there's bombs coming in. I'm like, who would be open to being my lesbian lover? During the filming with Carson and Michelle, the team was a hit with the directors. Literally. After Eureka slapped Ms. Cracker, Michelle and Carson asked Eureka to mime the slap. Ms. Cracker stepped in to offer a defense. That's actually, no, call Ms. hitting. Ms. Cracker, are you okay? Drag is a contact sport it turns out good including the finished product evan what are your thoughts on team end of days uh thoughts on this thoughts on this challenge thoughts on this team uh eureka you can tell that eureka is so annoying to work with (laughs) like i and i mean and i i love eureka Mm -hmm. i if eureka won this season i will be so happy i think she deserves i think she's mega talented and is like a Fabulous drag queen. Mm-hmm. But you just cannot shake that pageant. Like, she is so obsessed with herself. She's literally the sun. And I mean that as a joke, but you're like, and everyone else is just orbiting around her. Mm-hmm. And she just, I don't even, maybe she doesn't even know that, like, she just has a way of making everything about her. Um, but I'm sure it's incredibly frustrating to work with. But with that said, um, I thought it was very funny. Miss Cracker and Miss Cracker and her got it immediately, it seemed. Um, and the Vixen and the... I, it was weird how they kind of showed the Vixen, like, I mean, this is just editing, I'm sure, but the Vixen, I thought, was going to, like, bomb this. And she ended up being very funny in the final product, but they kind of made it seem like she was just standing there doing nothing. Well, I think so. Blair chose her team well. That's the thing, too. Yeah. Oh, Blair's so cute. Oh, really? Blair's so cute. I Just, like, not, 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 not cute, like, as a boy, but just, like, she's just a cute little drag queen. Like, she's just... She, I think she was very strong this episode. If you saw Blair and Grinder, would you go for her as a boy? Maybe. Oh, really? I don't know. She looks. So, have you seen her redoing that that yodeling kid in Walmart? No. She like recreates that. You've seen those this this video, right? No, I, I've I've read about it and I've just been so busy I haven't looked it up yet. Yeah, she's just she she is very cute. I will give her that, and. But I, she, I mean, she, I mean, she's been talking for someone who talks about being a Broadway girl or Broadway, you know, ingenue. Uh, I think she, she showed up this week, and I was very happy to see that. I thought it was, I thought it was a very funny little skit. If you found out that Blair had no pubic hair, would you be surprised? No, not at all. I'd be delighted, honestly. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be delighted. She doesn't do it for me. I mean. She does. I mean, okay, yeah. I mean, the beginning, not really. I think as we get to know her more, and like she just loves her mom, and she blah blah blah, like all that stuff. I don't know. I just think she's a. She just. You can tell that she just is. Hopefully, is like a, just a very nice girl, and she is talented, which is nice. Well, you know, as as the as the the main show audience doesn't know, you met Blair Sinclair, and you're convinced she wanted to have a threesome with you and your boyfriend. That's that's not what I said. That's that's too vague. 
to quote, to quote our favorite queen right now, too vague, let's back it up. No, I just, I met her, she was at a bar. She probably moved to like this area, as people are saying. Um, we just met her at a bar and she was very nice. I was genuinely starstruck because she was, she's truly the most beautiful drag queen I've ever seen in person in my life. Like she was just flawless because as Dan, my boyfriend said, she's literally a woman. She's a woman. Um, and she was just very nice and like talked to us for like, you know, 10 minutes. And like, I don't know, maybe just, we're not used to like, you know, people giving you that much attention, but she was very nice and seemed very engaged. So I just, I kind of how you talk about being worried about interviewing queens because you don't want to like have skewed perceptions of them. I've, I had a really good interaction with her. And so maybe I'm being a little biased, but um, I thought this was a good week for her. And the judges seem to agree. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to be honest with you. So I'm always a sucker for uh, drag queens slapping each other. I don't know why drag queens slapping each other makes me laugh so fucking hard. So when you're reading. Oh. <laughs> I don't even think about it right now. <laughs> Actually slapped her. Yeah, when Eureka just like, but also, you know what it is? When a fat drag queen slaps, because they don't, what's funny about it is, I think what makes it funny, if you're analyzing the humor, is when a thin person slaps somebody with force, there's like a, there's like a, 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 a twist to their body, right? And so, mm-hmm. and I think strangely, it doesn't make it as funny as when a fat person, either you don't notice the twist or they don't twist. But they just literally take their hand and they just like move it and slap them and whack them upside the head. And that makes it so much funnier. So when he took her person and she was like, um, what did she say? Like, get out, snap out of it. I think she was quoting uh, Moonstruck. When she, Come, yeah. when she, when she slapped yeah, her, like, yeah. but all she, she noticed, Eureka's body doesn't move. She just moves her arm and she goes, snap out of it and <laughs> whacks her in the head. And that was so funny to me. So... I was a fan so of Team Manager. I think I think what's funny, you know what to give them give them more credit. Of the three apps, they had the toughest one to sell, too. How do you sell the, oh, it's the completely. end of the completely. world? Inter- By the way, Jason J. Carter missing in the from the pit crew. I don't know what happened. But I'm gonna tell you something. I wasn't hating his oh, son. I'm not mad at this one that was oh, there. Oh my no, god. Ma'am. I was like, who is this? Because I'm not a fan of the redhead. I know the redhead has his Fans. Well, I'll tell you that what this. I've interviewed the pit crew. Okay. Here's what's creepy. Jason J. Carter, if that's his name, I think it's his name, is so flawless in person, it's almost unattractive. If, if you can explain that, I don't know if that makes any sense, right? I mean, I've heard that before, but like it's about him? It's nice hearing it about somebody else. No, about myself. No, I know. I, I could believe that. Right. Like, uh, you know who else I felt that about? Is this, um, Who? you ever hear of Taylor Lautner? I thought you were going to say Jeffrey Boyer Chapman, and I was going to be really interested. No. But uh, no, I'm aware of his, I'm aware of her work. And when I've met Taylor Lautner a few times, and uh, whenever I see him, his skin is like so flawless, it's kind of creepy. Like there's something about, mm-hmm. like, it's like there's like not, you don't even see pores, you know? So you kind of want to like, like just kind of like, like touch his face to make sure he's actually there. Yeah, like almost if they made like a plastic robot, you know. And also, like, there's something up with his neck and his jaw. It's a whole thing, right? I don't get into it. He's very nice, by the way. What's funny is I'm saying this, and he's one of the nicest people ever. Like literally, one of the nicest people ever. Anyway, um, um, almost like you know who he reminds me of actually in his demeanor is this Blair St. Clair. He's very like he's super religious. Okay. 
And uh, because they're both super like, I don't know if Taylor Lautner is still religious, but like they have that background. So they're like super sweet and super nice and super polite. Um, so like his personality is kind of flawless too, to the point where you're kind of creeped out. I don't know. I, I, yeah. Like anyway, like, I, I love how I'm, I'm judging Taylor Lautner because he's so nice. Yeah. I mean, overly nice people. Not, are, he's not overly I'm, nice. I'm, he's just a very friendly person. I don't know how we got onto this. Team okay. of days. All right, here we go. But no, but so but go, but, but shift it back there. So but we like the new picker person. I'm I'm a fan. Yes. It's elimination day and the girls have a lot to say on this episode. Blair shared her close relationship with her mother and God, and Dusty shared a heartbreaking story about his coming out process. But the mere moment everyone was talking about happened between the Vixen and Aquaria. First, Aquaria made a comment to Vixen about the legitimacy of her previous win because the Vixen had borrowed the wig, and the Vixen clapped back. Can we talk about how your best drag is someone else's wig, though? That's confusing. I brought my best drag. I didn't borrow my best drag. You brought your best drag. Why did you wear it on the runway, though? That is the curtain. We weren't being judged. I'm saying the hair was borrowed. I had another wig that matched the dress as well. Okay, I'm just saying that. Wig. So what are you saying? So I wanted you were in the bottom. You wanted to be shady. It didn't work. He really did shut the fuck. He shut the fuck up. Anyway, later, after a spider saved the day and Dusty made everyone cry, the Vixen and Aquaria went at it again to the point that Aquaria walked off the set. When y'all come to New York City, we all gonna go to my church in full drag. Yeah. And they would live for it. I might have to meet y'all at brunch afterwards. Probably have my mother marry mimosa. It wasn't funny. Can y'all stop being so negative all the time? Jeez. What'd you call me? Negative. Was it something I said? Okay, what, what happened? No, she's just a bitch. And she's just trying to, like, get my goat at everything. So I'm Apparently I got it. Y'all quit. You don't have to keep, like, coming at But me. I can. That's fine. And, and it is. Will you just shut the f*** up? What if I feel like it? All right, then keep talking. You threw the rock, hid your hand, and got spanked. Deal with it. I'm not talking to you. Can we be sisters at least sometimes? She ain't no kin to me. You came for me, and you got God. Stop it. I was just saying that it's clear that the runways aren't being judged. Ooh. If the runways weren't being judged, then me wearing that hair on the runway would not be an issue. So what is it your point? It wasn't that it was an issue. So I was just saying that it then? was interesting so that you So if the runways aren't true. being judged, me wearing that I'm hair on the runway wasn't an issue. I'm not talking to you, All right, well, silent you shall be. Silent I was. You, have, you were the one with problem That's with That's all. Aquaria. Oh, she's exiting. You knew that I was a pit bull. Why don't you be the bigger person? I hear what you're saying, be the bigger person. South Chicago don't need to be here right now. Oh, but South Chicago is in the building. Vixen, she told y'all from the first word that came girl, out of her mouth. She's here to fight, girl. She said it. And I'm not here to fight y'all. I'm here to fight for the crown. But if you try it. Ooh. Problem with Aquaria is she likes to poke the bear and run. This bear will chase you. So if I have to hunt her down to remind her that I am not to play with, that's what I'm going to do. All right, Evan Ayers, your thoughts on this mere moment? Let's say about this mere moment first, then we can revisit uh, uh, Blair and her mom and God and Dusty. But let's talk about this first. Okay, yeah, I was going to say, there's there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of emotions to navigate with this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, I think this is a good example of why I think this is going to be a better season than season nine already. Just because we're getting, like, we're getting doses of drama, we're getting doses of genuine sincerity, um, but 
I, I, this is, I mean, and I'm a little biased because I've, I've watched Untucked and it kind of goes into more depth with it, but my issue with what we're seeing so far is that we're only seeing the Vixen kind of being like a bulldog and coming out at like 100 miles an hour constantly. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of hard not to think that she, they're making her look like a bitch. They are. And I'm not saying that she is, but. By the she, way, I, I'm going to stop you for a second. I'm going to stop you for a second. If you need okay. to talk about Untucked, talk about Untucked. It's just I just haven't seen it. You can explain it to me. So if, it, if, if there's something from Untucked I need to know, tell me. Yeah. So uh, so in Untucked, they kind of go deeper into this and they like um, they pretty much say like it comes up between Dusty starts talking to Aquaria and is like, I wouldn't call you a friend before this season because you've kind of been a cunt to me, blah, blah. And then it turns into the, they, the Vixen and Aquarius start talking about their conflict and Aquaria gets upset and starts crying, and the Vixen's like essentially being like, "Stop crying!" Because the second you start crying, it turns into you, me being the bully, and the black girl being mean, and I'm making the white little girl cry. And you're just like, kind of like, like Aquaria very well may have been having a moment. You don't, uh, you don't know, mm-hmm. but the whole, literally everything that you and I have talked about, in terms of like the issues of race and the way that you know the, the queens are projected in terms of like being pitted against each other. The Vixen just throws it all out there. And she's like, the way that this looks to these cameras, she points to the cameras. Like, the way this looks to the cameras, it's I'm being the black meme bitch. And I'm making this poor little white girl cry. And she's like, that's not the case. Because Aquaria came for me. Um, that's true. And so, and then they kind of get into this whole thing of, like, what's shade? And, like, what in drag culture is shade? Versus what's kind of, like, a sly comment. I didn't think that Aquaria, Aquaria's comment about like me and you guys after for brunch was particularly in poor taste. But again, it's just hard to tell what it was, but how wait, wait, I, but I don't think be... Aquaria was Aquaria. What did Aquaria say again about the poor tasting? Oh, cause she's not religious. Talking... Yeah, she's not religious. No, but I think yeah, it, she's it, not religious. And she was saying, yeah, yeah. it goes Go back to Aquaria. Like in other words, no one asked Aquaria as a, Aquaria wasn't even in the conversation when the, the Vixen's the wig thing, came yeah. up and Aquaria injected herself in the situation, so I also think that Aquaria probably has some some uh, issues with the vixen because the vixen is pretty much she like she's has the giant ladle has been stirring she was she stirred the Miss Cracker Aquaria feud viciously last week so she's probably already a little pissed at her for that um, but yeah and then she she the the wig comment kind of came out of nowhere and again it's it's just hard to tell where this conversation picked up or started but. Uh, Untuck got nasty. It got ring, not nasty, but it got really real. And so it's interesting to see how it's interesting to hear that back now because I have a different perspective of it. I know. I think but, people get sick of me when I hear this, but I think to take the vixen's point that I, you know, I haven't seen it, and and I have to watch Untucked to have. And I'll, uh, by the time I record Alaska Thoughts, I'll have seen Untucked. But the thing I, I'm going to rephrase it is. The vixen was essentially standing up for herself against uh, a queen. Like, let's take about Aquarius' backstory. Mm-hmm. In fact, you know what? To go back to the rumor mill, we were talking to Jacob Mittens, and I'm going to talk about him in a second. Um, and he, this isn't a, this isn't a spoiler. He was just telling us that he ha- he knows people who are friends with Aquaria, and that Aquaria. If I'm correct me if I'm mistaken, Evan, but he, the gist of it was yeah. that. Aquarius coming off really nicer on the show than even Jacob thought she would be because it, it, it's sort of known that she's kind of messy, right? And, yeah, and it's it's yeah. And I think this is what I feel about Aquaria, and this is something I've noticed, and this is why I think I went into. And by the way, I should say for the record, 
I don't know if I said this on the air or not. Aquaria is growing on me. That's the thing. Is I'm gonna come for Aquaria right now, but actually she's growing on me, and I really, really, really like her. She is not the girl that we were promised in any kind of spoiler of being this really mean person. Okay, um, I think there's a little bit of a messiness to her, but um, but what I was gonna say is. So I wanted to be clear before I say anything that I really like Aquarius and I like her more every week. Okay. But what has bothered me is Aquaria is seen as the future of drag by very important drag queens like Kimchi, obviously Sharon Needles, her drag mother, um, Alaska, all of these very, very famous queens defer to her on social media because she's a huge social media star and they understand the capital that comes with that. Okay. And I think what happens, it's almost like imagine if you were a little kid and your older brother is really, really cool at the high school and all his friends, you know, protect you. And, and like you're the freshman, little snotty kid, and your friend, your brother is the coolest, the captain of the football team, uh, hot guy at the high school senior. And all his friends are on the football team and they're big and they love you too because, you know, of who you are and they've known you since you were little. And he has a, a big protection around him, right? And mm-hmm. he has that attitude that that little snotty freshman kid would have. And so if it were any other queen, and I, I think Vixen is right, if it was a white queen who stood up to her, like if Dusty Ray Bottoms or Karen Michaels had the same conversation, girl, they would, people would be like, yes, go queen, snapping their fingers for Dusty or for Cameron for reading this little snotty queen for to filth, you know? But there is, I think there is a thing where there's a fear of black people or people of color specifically standing up for themselves. And I think, and I'm going to say there, there is, I I usually say people of color to encompass all people of color. To be honest with you, I think that stereotype is specific to black people that when black people stand up for themselves, they become the angry black person. Now, now, Now going to the vixen, she poisoned herself by walking into that workroom and saying, I'm here to fight or like, I came here to fight. Yes. You know, yeah, and that's discussed, and that's that's discussed, and as well. And they say, you know, you you come in here and made that very clear. Yeah, and she took a she fighting stance. That. Yeah, she took a fighting stance, and then and then she also did the thing with the, the Aquaria last. Because here's here's what Vixen has done. Okay, here's what Vixen has done. Much like the way. Uh, you know the, the 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 advice you always hear when you go to prison is to find the biggest guy and then beat the shit out of him. You know, and that way everyone won't mess with you. I think just the way that these other uh, popular queens um, sort of defer to the vixen because they see her as the future of drag. I think the vixen sees Aquaria as the person to beat in this competition so far. Right? She's in you know, in essence. I wouldn't say afraid of Aquaria, but the way she's going to get ahead in this competition is by bringing that bitch down, you know, and by getting in her head. And yeah, and and historically, for how this show tends to treat queens, black queens specifically, compared to queens like her, she probably does see her as competition because she's like, this girl could take this from me. Well, Aquaria is very strong competition. That's the one thing I can't deny. She is very, very strong competition. And I think the Vixen's trying to like get in her head and take her down. And, and I'll be honest with you, I don't think it's a bad strategy. 
You know, if you look at this game as a competition, and that's how I'm looking at it. I'm not, I'm not putting any sort of uh, uh, moral weight to either one of these parties. I think that there are um, arguments that, that Aquaria could make because it's one of these – Here's because here, you could make this argument is, yeah, Aquaria did come for the Vixen, right? But it's almost as if, like, imagine if you and Dan were on a, a road trip and – you know, uh, you know, mm-hmm. he he did that thing where like um, he put his circle like the okay sign and I put it on his thigh and you looked and he kind of like punched you, you know, mildly, you know, in the arm mm-hmm. and then you did it and then you just fucking socked him in the face. <laughs> you know, that's the equivalent is like Aquaria made a mistake for coming for the Vixen, but the the degree to which the Vixen went after Aquaria, because of that, was 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 a little harsh. It was harsh. It was she punched her in the face when all Aquaria did was just sort of punch her in the arm. You know, she like pinched her, and yeah, and uh, and so I think it it's it, it's a very interesting battle what we're seeing here. I'm not, I I really have no side in this. I, I'm very curious to see how. It yeah, plays no, out. I agree. I agree, and I, I think they're both right in their own regard. It's just I think, but they're I also think both the wrong. Very smart. They're both exactly. They're both right and they're both wrong. And I think the vixen's very smart, and she's seen this show before. She knows exactly how she's going to be portrayed. Mm-hmm. I think that she's smart to take control of the setting in which she allows herself to call the the entire thing out. Mm-hmm. So you know what I mean. She's the one that did this. So it's, it's on her time. But I, I think what turned me off the most was was the way in which. The other queens were just like, and I mean, people, other queens of, of color too were like, you know, we get this and this is such a thing, but like also girl, like maybe instead of being at a 10, like be at a five. And she was very, and she was very unwilling to, she seemed very unwilling to, to be that, which you know I mean, honestly commit to your, commit to what you're, you're bringing to the table. So props to her for that. But hold on for a second. I, again, I haven't seen Untucked, but if you listen to those early clips again, okay, like, you know, I haven't, that's, that's the beauty of me. So look, look, let's, let's listen to the first clip again. Watch, listen to this. Can we yes, talk about sir. how your best drag is someone else's wig, though? That's confusing. Okay, look, and there's no one on Aquarius' side. Okay. I brought my best drag. But look, I now, they're, they're, they're already, they're, they're egging on the fight. Why your best drag? Why did you wear it on the runway, though? Uh, and that's a sick burn. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> okay. And then yeah. listen to the reaction. Baby, obviously, we weren't being judged. So if you're a vixen, you have people cheering for what you just did. Her adrenaline is running. Saying the hair was borrowed. I had another wig that matched the dress as well. Okay, I'm just saying that. So what are you saying? You want it to be shady, it didn't work. So in this instance, the, the, like they're complicit as well. If they're saying, oh, vixen, you need to calm down, blah, 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 blah. They were on there cheering her on. Do you know who's not complicit, though? Who? That spider. Yeah, <laughs> that's that spider. that spider saved Aquarius' life? I was like, ah. yeah. Now let's let's actually talk briefly about what is, what were your thoughts on Blair talking about her close relationship with her mother and God? Um. Yeah. So I thought that was a very. I mean, jokes aside about Blair being a child, and everyone's like, you know, whose kid is this? Like, I mean, what what else would be her first watershed moment that she talks about? Um, it was very cute. And I think it was very much that probably speaks to um, a, a very large audience of 
of young gay people that are coming out now mm-hmm. and are very accepted. It's very much the Love Simon crowd, and I, th- I think it's very nice. And I, I think it's one of the first times that religion has been discussed on the show, like in this manner, where there's a, a story quickly of how someone is, has a close relationship with his mom, and he's like the most is you know she's his biggest fan, and it's this you know very happy, loving story. And then the immediate turn to Dusty. And I thought that the Dusty's like transition to her other side of religion and how it was kind of the opposite, you know, result um, was was done and delivered very well. Mm-hmm. And it was very touching. And it didn't seem like a contrived moment where she was just like, I'm going home this week. And let me just tell you about that one time that my parents, you know, exercised me, you mm-hmm. know. And it was a really good moment. And. Um, not a good moment, but it was a. I, I was very touched. Now, let me ask you this question: Did any of the moments there resonate with you? Like, what has been your relationship with your parents and God about your sexuality? Uh, let's just leave it at that question. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So I'm not. Um, I didn't really grow up religious at all with my household, but I grew up in a home where I was the F word was used frequently. I was my. I don't have a great relationship with my mother, but it's not because of the fact that I'm gay. It has it's a lot, has to do with a lot of other issues mm-hmm. you know, in my household, but. Um, I mean, my dad is retired military and, um, gay people were often ridiculed or mocked openly in our household. And so when I, but they always, you know, it was one of those things where I, I never had the ability to come out to my family. Mm-hmm. It was, it was kind of just pride out of me and my mom kind of picked on me and, um, you know, we've since worked through that, but it's, it, t- it took a while, but I have two very supporting and loving parents and it wasn't easy, but you know, it also, I'm not mad. Oh, stop it. But I, I related I related to neither of their stories, though, because it wasn't neither. You know what I mean? It was never easy and immediate right away. And also, I'm not a drag queen. I, I, I don't know what it's like to, you know what I mean? I don't know how they would respond to that. I hate when you play this music. Do they still say horrible things about gay people, your parents? Oh no 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 no! So, yes, so they've come full circle. My dad's gayer than I am. Like he is so into it, and he is so loving. He like texted me yesterday and asked for Dan's number so we can like text him and him. send him stuff. Like, God, don't do that. Um, you and your phone sex. Way to kill that. Um, yeah, no. Where my parents have come a long way, but it, it took time and it took explaining and. Um, I mean, it, I always, my thing was that I always told them, I said, you know, it took me 16 years of my life to come to terms with myself. I can't expect anyone to immediately come to terms with who I am overnight. But um, it's nice to see that these there are people on television like Blair mm-hmm. and like Dusty who have gone through kind of opposite ends of the spectrum. Because whenever I watch things like that, whenever I watch like Blair's storyline, for example, I always think about how nice it is, but how it'll resonate with people who had the opposite experience, how that can kind of be almost harder for them. Mm-hmm. And I think them showing two sides of this gay coin was um, very important and very well done because they both had happy endings mm-hmm. for them at least. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, I actually, even though, you know, what's one of the funny is when I'm watching the show, I'm furiously taking notes and trying to note down timestamps and everything. And so I, it, things rarely resonate with me till later. I watch it, the episode again the next day when I watch it on iTunes. Mm-hmm. But this one really struck me. The Dusty one, I actually teared up a little bit during Dusty's story because oh, you can same. tell how much it affected him. 
Yes. Why, why did it? Why it did was, it really resonate with you? Um, I just I. I just think it was it was very I think the way he told the story was very like it didn't seem hokey and it just um I don't know I just think as as gay people we get to we get to choose our family you know what I'm saying <laughs> and what you two did on this runway is the passion I am looking for no I just think I think that's a very relatable story to anyone any person that's gay or wherever whatever you are I think that's a um, that's that's you can relate to that to some degree, and that, that pain is like very difficult. And you could even in the way he was kind of speaking about it, you could tell that it was not he wasn't being pride or he, you know what I mean. They they had a good producer on that on that time. Mm-hmm. <sighs> All right, well, uh, okay, let's move on here. I also I will say last real quick. Yeah. Um, I was I I was mostly worried that Dusty was getting that confessional because I was afraid he was going to go home. And I Dusty's really growing on me, so I was very happy to see that, that was not the reason why we were being shown that. Over on Patreon, check out last week's rumor mill where Jacob Mitten, one of the moderators of the Spoiled Drag Race subreddit, gave us some inside tea. Joe and Taylor also had a great form decor lounge where tears were shed. Yes. Tears were shed. On this week's Form Decor Lounge, Joe and Evan will shoot the breeze as we process the episode. Go to patreon.com slash drag race recap and sign up at the one or two dollar levels to access this exclusive bonus content. Now Taylor the Latte Boy. Oh, you're not Taylor the Latte Boy. Evan. <laughs> I know. Oh. <coughs> oh, damn you. For those of you in the main, sh- uh, listen to the main show on, on Patreon, um, our mutual friend, Sweet Michael, uh, sh- uh, scared Evan at work. They worked together and recorded Evan. Scared? Ma- yeah, shocked you. And Evan, this is a real sound yeah, that came he from. Doesn't, he doesn't just. Go ahead. Okay, mind you, I have the flu. I came to work with the flu. I was having a really rough day, and this SOB comes in and scares me. I figured out, I've, I've hoodwinked him though. I've learned that if I turn the lights, my back faces away from my desk, so if I turn the lights off, anyone who walks through my office door, it will trigger the lights, and now he can't scare me. Oh, uh, well anyway, here's the sound of Evan scared. I, <laughs> uh, how much do you hate him for recording and sending that to me? Um, I, I don't, but I hate you every time you play it a little more and more. <laughs> it sounds like I'm like, like you could just use that. You know what should this week on the main stage? I'm <laughs> gonna go away from. I this. know, should, but you know what? I, you know what? You know what I don't do, and I should. Uh, I should go like. I, I don't know. I should do that. Remind me to do this next week. So I should go go to Patreon.com/slash/DragRaceRecap. That's Patreon.com/slash/DragRaceRecap. Okay, sorry. Okay. Oh, yeah. I should do that. Okay, anyway. Uh, so this is what we're doing this week. Is uh, We're going to... Because there were so many looks. Is Evan, you have a couple of favorite looks and a couple of not-so-favorite looks. What, what can you tell us this week? Yeah. So on the, the main stage, the theme was feathers or birds of a feather. I don't know what the exact... It was like, just called feathers. They were using for it. Feathers. Um, yeah, so I, I wrote a like, quick little one-words. Um... 
Cameron Michaels was so phenomenal. Like this was, she's been she's been invisible, but this look literally put her on the map. And Reven put it out, like pointed out how great it was. Um, it was very like Mugler meets like Gaga at the Monster Ball. Maybe not Gaga. No, wrong term. I thought Cameron was really great, and it again, she's really good because you mentioned this on the show previous episode. She's been very specific in kind of presenting feminine colors to kind of make her look less, to kind of balance out her masculinity. I thought she was very smart to like have like these big shoulders and it kind of almost made her look petite. Mm-hmm. Um, thought she looked stunning. Um, also, Aquaria's look I thought was so, oh. so, 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 so strong. Can I she step- really, have you seen, have you seen, have, have you seen Lady Gaga's GUI video? Who's Lady Gaga? She was giving me like, I've never, she's, she's on season four. Um, She's given me like that, and it was just—it was so good, so good. Did you agree? Yes, and you know what's so funny is it's the closest I've ever seen to her channeling her drag mother, Sharon Needles. I feel if Sharon would have done this challenge, she would have done something very similar. Yes, and you know what's fun? It's 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 so interesting that you say that because when you, I've noticed it in her confessional sometimes the way that she speaks. When she's on the main stage, she does she has these very like specifically like pointed animated like motions that she makes and it's very Sharon well Um, and I think that's fun to see what's funny is all you guys all all y'all talk about how Monet sounds like Bob which she does right but you know having to listen to this in headphones it's alarming how much Willem and Aquaria sound alike Willem yes Interesting. I'd have to. I have to compare that. Watch. I'm, let me get an Aquaria quote. Watch. Where's the, where's? The, I don't think I have anything where Aquaria talks a lot actually. So I don't, besides the fight, I don't think you get to really hear. But she sounds just like um, yeah. uh, Willem. Anyway, go on. So the so you really liked Aquarias. Those were your top two looks of the week. Were Aquaria and yeah, Cameron my Michael. top two. My top my yeah top two. And you know, I will say actually Blair's look. I would have to put Blair. I have Blair in the top three as well, okay. and that, just because I'm on a Blair high right now. Okay. Um, but towards the bottom, um, Monique is not, no, not Monique, I'm so sorry. Monet Exchange to me has just kind of been one note and in terms of her looks. She looked great, mm-hmm. but it wasn't anything super special in terms of the theme. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Yuha's, I didn't get either. Mm-hmm. And she, uh, again, these queens all, I'm telling you what, these queens are, like, this is a really strong cast. And you've mentioned mm-hmm. this before, like, no one's look was bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think maybe because you're comparing them to like some ones that were so good. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you just, it didn't really can. And she tried to explaining, you know, the narrative of what crows mean in Asian culture and it kind of like bullshit it, to it me. It wasn't selling. It wasn't selling for me. Sounded like bullshit to me. And also just Yuha's looks have not really for being a seamstress. She, they have, you know, it's almost like the difference between a cook and a chef. Like a cook follows a recipe oh, yeah. and a chef creates, you know, and I think she's a cook. But even what's funny is even you, her seamstress skills haven't been that good. It's Yuha, in your audition tape, you really showed us that you were a seamstress. But in the competition, it seems things were missed. That was bad. You know, I can't edit these when I have, um, when I have this music in the background, I can't edit it out. Hee hee hee. Um, yeah, uh, that was a, I, I, this runway look did it for me though. I, I this was the one time where I was like, I wish I was in a bar right now because I know queens are screaming. Well, also, you're that's, drunk. That's my fit. No, no, really, honestly, no. It's just I, I. One of the things I love about the show so much is I love, I love feeling what it feels like to have a sport or to have like to care about March Madness or something because 
people just the runways are just like what does it for people and it's it's really fun to like watch people just go nuts over these looks yeah so yeah, i thought it was yeah. a very strong go ahead. very strong very strong episode for looks me thought Anything for you? Um, you know, I thought it was a very strong episode for looks. Uh, I was also a fan of Feathers. I think cause it, it plays very well to the drag aesthetic. Um, but going to what you were saying earlier about going to the bar, yeah, that's the one thing I've lost with this show is I can't go to a bar anymore and watch the show. You know, and I do, I do, I miss that as well. I do like the community. There is a difference between watching it alone and watching it in a bar. And, uh, oh, and the saddest thing, I must not not to make you feel bad because I'm I'm so happy to be here. But where I live in the city, there is a gay bar like across the street from me, and you could just you, I literally because now it's kind of warmer out. You could hear people just like going nuts, and the drag queen would get on the mic and like start screaming, but like at certain looks, uh, it's just it's like it's just fun. It's fun to like have people come together and people get really into the show. All right, so is that the looks, so, Evan? Um, yeah, I mean everyone. It, Eureka was great. I mean, I could go down the line, but no, I think I hit the tops and bottoms. All right. This is a very verse segment. All right. So that's the looks. Okay. On the main stage, all of the commercials were played. Team End of Days clearly performed the best, while the other teams didn't perform nearly as well. Blair and Eureka and Asia were named the top queens of the week, while Yuha, Cameron, and Mayhem Miller were placed in the bottom three. After the judges' deliberations, Asia O'Hara was named the winner of the challenge, while Yuha Hamasaki was named, uh, and May, I'm sorry, while Yuha Hamasaki and Mayhem Miller were placed in the bottom two. Uh, the girls went head-to-head in lip sync battle for their lives. The song? Oh, make me over. Celebrity skin. I'm all I want. Evan, your thoughts on uh, the, the, the lip sync, the everything. Yeah, um, I thought this was a great lip sync. I was very glad to see some mayhem do her thing, or like I feel like this was like a good showing for her to come back. Um, more importantly, though, can we talk about this Nico Tortellini guy? Well, hold on. Let's come back to it. Let me wrap up the show. No, I do. In I'm the sorry. end, Mayhem was told to sashay away while Yuha was asked to hamashe away. Evan, go ahead and tell us your thoughts on uh, Nico Tortellini. This Nico, dude, I, I he's apparently like an activist. or I, I, He's like yeah, who is very he? involved, and I've seen him on Wow Things. He, he's is he an, is he an actor? Is he he's very big with Wow? I think recently, but this man is so effing hot. Mm-hmm. I, and I don't do beards don't usually do it for me. I don't know what it is about him, but he has all these tattoos. Oh my god, so so handsome! I was very happy to see him. Just I was just gonna be thirsty for his tortellini. That's all I really had to say. <laughs> Did it do it do it for you? He was attractive. Like I went through him out of bed, but it wasn't something that I necessarily clocked. Oh, and then also like Courtney Love. Come on, like how that that was kind of cool for her. I, I kind of wish like she, she would, was total. I don't know if she knew where she was, but I kind of was living for it. I'm not gonna lie. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. She, yeah, so she said she said a few funny things, but I I I would be. That's a panel that I would be a little nervous in front of. Oh for really? Some, for two very different reasons. Oh why? And yeah, she's just such. She's she's just so iconic, and he he would actually make me nervous because he's so hot. Who would you rather have, Nico Tortellini? Is that his real name? Did I just make that up? 
No, it's like, I'm sorry, that was me being awful. It's like Tortelli or it's, it's, um, the reason why I'm saying Tortellini is because every time I type it in my phone, it would autocorrect to Tortellini. So that's just where we are with his name right now. All right. So Evan Ayers, uh, let's wrap up. Uh, you have notes in front of you. Are there any notes that you had that we didn't get to cover? That you were like, I really want to talk about this. I want all final thoughts on the episode. I want to close the book on this episode. Um, I got my bird flu joke out early, so that's happy for me. Um, the only other comment I have is that the Carson needs to calm down with these realtor jokes. This is the second time, second season in a row where she's like made like a reference to someone looking like a realtor. And as someone who works in real estate, I'm a little offended. I'm not gonna lie, I don't because know I work in real estate. I don't know who you're talking about, but I, I she saw. T- she was talking about Mayhem Miller's top of her dress being looking like a realtor, and then she described Kennedy Davenport's hair. Um, an All-Stars 3 as being like a New Jersey or something realtor. And I'm sorry, I would love to I would love to work with an agent. If you're in D.C. and you look like that and you want to work with me to help sell a house, I would love to work with you because that's way more exciting than anything I've ever seen. Um, but that's, yeah, I think we got everything. All right, you said everything you have to say. All right, well. Oh, actually, what, oh, go ahead. Can I ask one question? Yes. Okay. Are they blurring Rue's wig line? Oh, I don't know. Is that something that happened? If you look... It's, People have brought this up before. If you look at RuPaul whenever... If you look at RuPaul... And they actually did it with Christina Aguilera. And I noticed that in episode one, but because she's a big star. But if you look at Rue and you look at anybody else, it almost look. I mean, she may just be perfection, but it almost looks like they've taken like an airbrush and they've they've blurred her wig line because it's... No, like, and and I was looking for like a, a queen on the runway to be a little more like harsh or defined. It's not that bad, mm-hmm. but it's noticeably like softer and more stunning. And I just, I've, I, if that's an effect that you can do, that's very impressive. But again, I'll have um, to pay attention to. I'll have to pay attention when I watch it because I, I watch it like because there's so many things going on, on my screen that the actual yeah. video of it is a, a t- tiny little video in the corner. And so I see like a very small, low res version when I first watch it. Tomorrow I'll watch a better version on iTunes. So uh, I'll check it out then. I'll look for that then. Uh, yeah. Have you have you gotten all your final thoughts out? I I have. Yes, this has been so great. Yeah, how has this experience been for you? This is your first time in the big leagues, Evan. You, you you've been you've been you've been uh, getting ready for this moment uh, over at uh, in the Patreon side. How how have you how have you liked it? I, I mean. I feel I mean I've had a really good time. I don't know if you I think you and I I'm more comfortable with you. I again I think the exciting thing is that I would just watch the show, so I'm like really excited about it. Um, and so maybe I just have I don't know. You'll probably tell me otherwise, love. But I've had a really good time, and I'm I really appreciate you having me here. Well, you know, Evan, I think look, I think you did a very admirable job. We'll find out. That, look, we know one thing: the fans are not afraid to tell us what they think. So we'll find out tomorrow yeah. uh, how well you did. I, but to be honest with you, I'm so glad you're able to step up to the plate. I know how much you like going to the bar with all your friends, and they all went out to the bar tonight, and you didn't go, and you stuck around to do a part of the show, and it means a lot to me, and that's why I'm your cyber boyfriend. All right. Gosh, I would not miss this for the world. All right. Well, that concludes this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Be sure to join us next week and every week as we discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each brand new episode of RuPaul's Drag Race. In addition, we want to send best wishes for a speedy recovery to Taylor the Latte Boy. So, for Evan Ayers and myself, sashay away. Until next week. Want 
to share your thoughts about Drag Race, email us at dragracerecap at gmail.com. If you want to help the show, leave us a review on iTunes. The more positive reviews we get, the higher we move up in the rankings, and that helps the show find a bigger audience. If you want to help the show even more, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash dragracerecap. For as little as $1 a month, you gain access to exclusive bonus content not available on the main podcast feed. For up-to-the-minute news about the show, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash dragracerecap and follow us on Twitter at dragracerecap. To find all of our old episodes, visit us at our website at dragracerecap.com. Taylor has his own podcast. It's called Pod Is My Copilot, and you can find it at podismycopilot.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow Taylor on Instagram and Twitter at PIMC Taylor. Want to hear me talk about Drag Race even more? Well, then listen to me on One on One with Larry Flick every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, exclusively on Entertainment Weekly Radio Channel 105 on Sirius XM Radio. You can also find me on my other podcast, Catching Up with Mike and Joe, available at catchinguppodcast.com and wherever you get your podcasts. Finally, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Joe Batance. That's J O E. B-E-T-A-N-C-E. 